0: and welcome to the GemCast. I'm your host Alex Knight and this is episode 16. Today I'm joined by Aline Sims, founder of the Less Than or Equal podcast and science fiction writer Kay Tempest Bradford. In episode 16, Broadway Magic, the Holograms and the Misfits are in New York auditioning for roles in a Broadway show. Eric announces a cash reward to anyone who can publicly reveal Jem's secret identity. Some say that everyone has a price, but how far will people go, especially those close to Jem, to reveal her true identity? Stay tuned for an action packed episode. Showtime Synergy. All right, episode 16, written by Marv Wolfman. Do you think that's his real name?
1: Probably. Probably. I doubt he says Wolfman, though. Mm-hmm.
0: Wolfman? Wolf- Probably. Doesn't really make much of a difference.
1: I kind of like Wolfman. I mean, It's got a something. <laughs> yeah. I slept for three hours last night, so if I'm really punchy and disoriented this episode, y'all know why.
0: Oh, it's okay. That'll make things interesting.
1: <laughs> or I'll fall asleep.
0: Yeah, either one. Well, this is interesting. I thought in comparison uh, to the last episode, I thought it was a little disappointing. Yes. Uh, overall, just a worse episode. Yeah.
2: Oh well, now there have been worse.
1: Yes. There
0: certainly have been worse. This is absolutely. pretty bad,
1: though. It It is. And this one also had that bonus cultural appropriation that we talked about on the episode we won't name. Um, so I was just like, OK, so we're going back to that. That's cool.
0: Well, we open at the production office of Bob Merritt, who's struggling to find a new musical act to spice up his Broadway show. Outside his office, window cleaners are listening to Jem and the Holograms. When Merritt overhears this, he slams the window shut on one of the cleaners' foot, which causes him to fall over the railing. As the cleaner is dangling, Merritt comes to the realization that the music is the key to all of his problems. He then opens the window and begins talking to the cleaner, completely oblivious to the fact that he caused the poor man harm. It turns out that his office was on the second floor and the cleaner that we thought was in danger wasn't at all. How anticlimactic.
2: Okay. whole sequence of assassination sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought th- this whole this whole scene was was really silly. Um you know, they're just they're just really not waiting at all to get to the ridiculous parts of, of the content in, in this episode, because, well, first of all, Bob Merritt says, all along I've been doing a musical without music. How?
2: What?
1: Yeah. I
2: know. That doesn't like, make any sense. No, no. like what are you, Sir, get out of Broadway producing, sir, because you are clearly terrible at it because you literally were like, oh, wait a minute. This musical needs music. What? Get out. That's
0: like saying, I've been manufacturing cars without wheels. That's the missing key. Or doors or frames. Oh, look, look, we have the,
1: the skeleton of a car. However, will we keep people from falling out? I don't know.
0: And the whole thing where he's talking to the guy, that guy's like, please help me. And then he's just talking over him. And then the whole thing with the anticlimactic ending where his office is just like on the second floor and the guy's just like, like why would he be screaming, help me? His feet can bear, like his feet can almost touch the ground. It doesn't make any sense.
1: Well, that, and even on the second floor, shouldn't they be wearing safety harnesses and they stuff? Sh- they
0: should, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. So be- not only is it reckless, is it completely silly and reckless, but from, from the writer's perspective, like, how lazy is that? Like, this is a, right. a show that's, That you know, kids are watching and they're, these people are not wearing safety harnesses. That makes no sense.
1: Well, and, and it just, it sets the tone for the whole episode. You can't watch the first 90 seconds of this episode and think, yeah, I'm in for a good one. You know, (laughs) like it's just. Exactly. Exactly.
0: And I think that's, it's like that for all episodes of Jim. Usually you can tell pretty early on in the episode that, that, uh, that either it's going to go one way or the other, right?
1: Yeah. I'm thinking, I'm trying to think back to all the beginnings. Yeah, seems pretty accurate. Well,
0: elsewhere, Jem and the Holograms are playing a game of volleyball at the beach. And Rio watches from the sidelines and engages in a conversation with a friend of his. He admits to still having it bad for Jerrica, but sometimes it's like they're so close. But then suddenly, they're strangers. Rio wonders if Jerica is hiding something. Rio picks up the Showbiz Daily newspaper and gets excited when he reads the headline on the front page that reads, Merit Seeks Top Rock Stars for New Broadway Musical. And by the way, I don't know if either of you noticed, but they they didn't uh, have space, I guess, for the word Broadway. So they actually just wrote B-Way Musical.
2: Well, I don't think that's a a space issue. I think that that's supposed to be like fake cartoon variety magazine, a variety magazine like makes all sorts of you know contractions all the time yes
0: yeah, it's interesting that rio is kind of questioning now like i wonder if she's hiding something you think after 16 episodes oh my
2: god oh my god
0: uh that's oh just god. the tip of the iceberg though for it Rio really is. in this episode but also
2: just doesn't make any sense because like this guy's like you still got a bed for jerica there's are they still dating or what right
0: the misfits and eric raymond are having a workout session Eric picks up the show Biz Daily and mentions Bob Merritt's Broadway musical as the ticket to the Misfits' stardom. Raymond suggests that the band grabs the part before the holograms. Surprisingly, though, the Misfits seem confident with their current level of success and don't bark at the chance to outperform them for a change. I felt that this was slightly out of character, but I, I don't know how the two of you feel.
2: I was a little weird.
0: I mean, just just from from you know from history from the previous episodes, how you know typically they they jump at the chance to to outdo the holograms in anything, right? But so TV the fact that just... they seem satisfied, I mean, it just just in the dialogue alone, like I'll just read you the little the little interchange between uh, between the uh, the misfits, and it starts with Roxy who says, "Who cares about Jim and the jerks?" and Pizzazz says, "Yeah, we're the best." Okay, that that's totally fine. Then Stormer says. But Gemma's good. You know, I wonder where she came from. I never heard of her before she joined the holograms. And Roxy says, maybe Little Miss Perfect is a crook. Okay. Stormer says, why, why doesn't anyone know her real name?
2: Oh, my God. So this whole conversation, this whole exchange, especially mm-hmm. when Stormer says, nobody, I never heard of her before she joined the holograms. Honey, you never heard of the holograms before Jem right. joined them. Like, you were there the day they stepped out on a stage for the first time together why would you have heard of any of them? It's like the holograms were like some random band that had been playing and all of a sudden they had like a front woman. Like, no, it doesn't work that way.
0: Well, I think Mr. Wolfman had not watched any of the previous 15 episodes.
1: <laughs> yeah, Probably it, not. Mm, like, they're, you know. I read the scripts.
2: <laughs> that's some weird thing. But also, the, the whole, like this whole central thing where they're like, I wonder why she doesn't use her real name. Who says that Jem isn't her real name? People in the 80s name their kids a lot of stupid stuff. <laughs> Dweezel Zappa was already like in the public consciousness when Jem and the holograms came along. If there's somebody who named their kid Dweezel and Moon Unit, they could have named their kid Jem. I'm just saying.
0: Right. Yeah. That's that's how unfortunate. Dweezel's not a great name. That's an understatement. (laughs) Just after that little conversation in the gym, we cut to a Misfits music video called Who Is She Anyway? What did the two of you think of the song in the video?
1: Pizzazz is flexible. <laughs>
0: Indeed, <laughs>
1: it was like, whoa, she is like, she's got some strong abs to be doing some of that stuff, and she's like, I was, I was pretty impressed actually. Well, see, I think
0: she channels her frustration and anger into the gym.
1: Ah, uh, maybe, yeah.
2: And it so, is nice to see them working out. I mean, after the whole ski episode where they seem to like really be down. When well, aren't you working out? Now they're just voluntarily in a gym weightlifting.
0: But why is Eric weightlifting with them?
2: Because like, Eric why needs does he to stay to. toned. <laughs> everybody needs to be toned.
0: For all that physical labor he's, he's
2: Everybody be needs late. to be toned. Okay? It's just a thing. Is, perhaps, that, Eric, is, that the,
0: is that the message that this show has?
2: Everybody needs to be toned. And maybe Eric is, like, self-conscious about his body. I mean, because he is a smarmy guy with too many wrinkles. (laughs) There are probably not that many ladies that are jumping on the Eric Raymond bandwagon.
0: He definitely tweezes those eyebrows. Yes, he does. He cares about his appearance.
1: He cares about his appearance. So there you go. And they could just be trying to fight osteoporosis by resistance training. I mean, you never know. Also true. Yeah. I mean, my headcanon
2: is that after the ski thing... They were like, even though working out was really hard, we kind of enjoyed it. There was an endorphin rush. Let's keep working out. Or maybe it was something like, because I was just like, well, working out sucked. And Roxy was like, really? Because I thought working out was really awesome because now my legs are super toned. And I just look better than everybody else in this group. Because I was like, oh, no, you don't, bitch. I'm <laughs> toned. And then Storm was like, no, way." You guys, pay attention to me. I'm going to lift weights, too. And then it just became like this horrible contest between the three of them.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I wish she said that.
1: Oh, God. Okay, I'm better.
0: After the video, we cut to a broadcast being played on all the TVs at a local department store. It's Eric Raymond and the Misfits asking the question of Jim's true identity. Raymond even suggests that perhaps the reason for the double identity is because Jem is wanted by the FBI (laughs) a reward (laughs) I know I know it's it's starting the ridiculous is starting A reward of a hundred thousand dollars is offered to anyone who can expose Jim's real identity. The large sum of money being offered creates a huge problem for Jim. When suddenly the public and the media bombard her with invasive questions, including insinuating that she might be a spy. <laughs>
2: this is this is so amazing! Like the the whole press conference that, that Eric Raymond gave, I was like. He is on fake Fox News right now. And that's, that is like the way that Charlie Adler did that delivery. I was like, "Oh my god!" He was watching Bill O'Reilly before he did this because it's like it's so Bill O'Reilly.
0: <laughs> my question is like, where is he broadcasting from? Like, what network is he broadcasting this was, on? Like Fox Lindsay <laughs> wouldn't like what Lindsay would broadcast that? No, it's I doubt totally it.
2: Fake Fox News. It's fake Fox News. I'm telling you, this is amazing.
0: I guess back in the eighties, it would have been um, Current Affair. Do you remember that? Yes, that show, where Current Bill Affairs O'Reilly came from. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly.
2: <laughs> but just like,
0: oh man,
2: it's just the way that he says. He's like, and I never knew Jim's real name. Like, okay, so I didn't. <laughs> She's a commie. She might be wanted by the FBI. Like, who says that? Who says that? Except for like guys like Bill O'Reilly.
0: Yeah, well, maybe maybe Eric Raymond's character is slightly based off of him, just the, in the way he talks alone
2: there was i mean at least at this point i you know and i just when i was doing the gem rewatch i was like having all these beautiful headcanons about how like the next morning on fox and friends they would be like Is Jem secretly a Clinton operative? Did she kill Vince Foster? And then Glenn Beck being like, it all ties into Obama's Islamic terrorism background. At Starlight House, they make all the girls wear hijabs and chant Freemason spells to release evil from the walls that have been etched with lasers. I don't, I don't know. even know what to say I don't to that. Either.
0: But do yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, it seems like something he would say.
2: Yes. But I'm just saying, like, it gets real ridiculous real fast, especially when that reporter runs up and she's like, are you a spy?
0: Well, Gem and the Holograms and Rhea push through the reporters and escape in a cab. At this point, they have no idea why people are harassing them until the taxi cab driver tells them Eric Raymond is offering like a billion bucks or something to reveal Gem identity. How, how did she go from $100,000 to a $1 billion dollars? That- okay. Okay. By the way, I know we've talked about accent accents in the past. That like Brooklyn accent that was horrendous. It's
2: not like it's not even Brooklyn accent. It's a fake New York City, a generalized fake New York City accent that all the people who are like on the street in this episode have, and it is kind of ridiculous. The only thing that's okay about that cabbie is that she's a woman.
0: Well, yeah, that that, that's fine. But I've never been to New York. But how do either of you know how many? Taxi drivers look like her in New York.
2: Seeing as how I have only ever seen one New York City taxi driver who was a woman, I would have to say none of them. I mean, other than that, I mean, you know, she's wearing a hat. I don't know. But she's a woman. So therefore, it's like I've only ever seen one other woman.
0: The holograms arrive for their audition to Bob Merritt's Broadway musical. As they enter, the Misfits have just finished a successful performance, which Bob says is one of the best he's seen. Although he has to let the last group perform as well, to be fair. Jerica apologizes for being late as they had trouble at the airport. Eric takes the opportunity to call out their tardiness and says that the Misfits are clearly the more professional group.
1: So when did Jerica join them? I don't know. Yeah. That Jerica, was my question. She did not get
2: off the helicopter. She was not in the cab. But when they run into the theater, there's Jerica and Jim has disappeared. And I'm like, yeah. what? What does Rio think happened to Jem?
0: Well, Eric notices that Jem is absent and inquires where their lead singer is. Jerka quickly makes an excuse that Jem is already backstage, preparing for the audition. She makes her way to check on her. Now, why would Jem be backstage already, but the holograms have just entered through the main entrance? That doesn't make any sense.
2: The plot. Yep.
0: Okay. All right.
2: It's time for Roxy to
0: almost... And speaking of Roxy, Roxy decides to sabotage Jem by messing with the controls at the sound booth. Just as Jerica says Showtime Synergy, Roxy happens to turn around at the last moment and fails to notice the change. But Roxy's plan to mute Jem's audio goes awry when she hits the wrong switch, causing a loud piercing noise that puts Bob Merritt in a foul mood. Speaking of someone who's had some audio engineering experience and who's worked in a recording studio. That sound that like she just mashes a bunch of buttons, like that that just wouldn't happen. Yeah. No. Like that sound isn't anything. Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah.
2: But it you also, know what? Oh go, go ahead. ahead, Tempest. <laughs> well I'm just saying that it also didn't make any sense that the control room looked onto like some weird backstage room that had nothing to do with the front stage like a lot of this stuff is just like shit No it's okay.
0: it's it's completely uh, silly it, it doesn't make any sense it's, it's just there it is there for the sake of uh, we need to move the plot further along but yeah, it just, it fails. It's just totally silly.
1: I did appreciate, though, when, you know, when Jericho was back there and Roxy was looking over before she turned away at what I assume was a commercial break. I looked at Justin. I was like, there's going to be a satellite issue and and Jim is not going to appear like there's going to be some kind of issue that saves Jericho, not just Roxy deciding that she's not interested in finding out what Jerica's doing. So I did appreciate that we didn't have like that. Radio interference thing happen again. I agree. That, yeah,
0: that would just be t- a little tiresome to, to have that happen uh, again so soon.
1: I am really looking for things to appreciate in this episode, as you can tell. Well,
0: backstage, Jim goes to investigate and solves the problem after discovering Roxy is to blame in the sound booth. Roxy tries to put the blame on Jim, of course, but Merritt forgives her and allows her to continue with the audition. And of course, we cut to a gem on the Holograms music video called Can't Get My Love Together. What did the two of you think of the song and the video?
1: Ugh. The song is <laughs> fine. The song is fine. It, it's, it's fine. But I am so tired of the longing Rio shots of him looking like a little lost puppy dog. Like, I am so tired of Rio being in almost every music video. He's in the Gem and the Holograms music videos because Gem and Jerrica are like, Whatever, and he's in the Misfits music videos because because what's her face monster. <laughs> I'm just like I can't I can't I can't I can't deal with Rio being in music videos anymore. Well, God. and if I, I, I recall previous it.
0: episodes, uh, there was one video, and I don't remember the song or what he or what episode it was even from, but. Wasn't Rio in one of the holograms videos when he was totally absent from that yeah. particular episode? Yeah. And we talked about that. I remember mm-hmm. that. So it's just like every single video.
2: It is pretty tiresome. I mean, the only thing is, is that it makes sense in the con- in the context of the video because she's talking about him. Like she's singing about him. So I guess, you know, but I, I feel that feel. Yeah. I feel it completely because yes, like, uh, enough of Rio. The only the things I do like about this video. Um are you know all the things that don't have to do with Rio. But um it's just like <laughs> it's very well stage managed. Like, you know, they have yes. like the spotlight coming over and a lot of it is like gem standing in the spotlight and the holograms are in this like beautiful sort of glow from the spotlight. And then that last moment of the video where she like, you know, she sings her last note and she sort of bows her head and then it turns from like her to a purple silhouette i I know so many gem fans who use that as like a gif as their icon on live journal like that's how <laughs> much like everybody really loves like that moment, and it is like it's a yeah. really like well put together moment. I also love this song, I love it so much, but I much prefer uh when we when this song comes back again in season three when it's about Riot and Rio and Jem and Jerica because that's actually oh. about video. <laughs> It's a much better video, but like the song is still, it's pretty awesome. And, you know, it's true. I feel like this song should be the theme song for Jeb because she can't get her love together. She can't.
1: She can't get anything together. Like She can't get anything together.
2: But I do love the line, but once my love's together, I know we'll be together for good. I think that's just a cute line.
1: Yeah, I, I I I liked the song just fine. It's just I'm tired of Rio's stupid face. Me too. The
0: song was okay, but uh, to be honest with you, I thought I thought the Misfits song and their their performance was was better than that one.
2: Wait a just minute, just we saw like- two seconds of that. And all they did was singing Making Mischief, and that's not even their best song.
0: That's true. But anyways, after a (laughs) successful audition, Bob Merritt says the Hologram's performance was beautiful, wonderful, the greatest. Pizzazz, visibly upset, tells Merritt that this is the exact same thing he said about the Misfits' performance. And this is a perfect example of completely unreasonable and unfair treatment towards the Misfits, who performed admirably, in my opinion, and could have just as easily won the audition.
2: Once again, Alex's preference for pizzazz. I just don't
0: like that. I don't know. It's a sappy love song. I I just I'm not against ballads. I just don't like this ballad all that much.
1: So I think it's also illustrating that uh, Merit is inconsistent and not at all together. in ways completely different from gem maybe similar to but we don't see those yet um you know but i think that's that's really what it's supposed to be is like hey wait you already told the misfits like verbatim all of this stuff and now you're saying it to the holograms
0: you know i just i just think he's kind of dumb I mean, they, they set that precedent at the beginning when he's like, Oh, uh, that's uh, that music is the key all along because I'd be doing musicals without musicals, which makes no sense. Well, we cut to the Lin-Z show, and Bob Merritt makes an appearance to announce the audition winner for his upcoming musical. Unsurprisingly, Gem and the Holograms have stole the show once again. Pizzazz is understandably frustrated and makes her way over to the emergency fire hose box and tries to hose down everyone on set.
1: Okay, wait, wait, wait.
2: Just duh yeah. like Right. Like she literally pulled like the what? same move right. that policemen in the segregated South pulled on what? protesters for civil rights. Like that's literally what Pizzazz is doing here. Because well, high-pressure water is not just like, oh, I put some water on you. High-pressure water can harm
1: you. Yeah. And nobody stops her. They're just like, oh, I wonder what Pizazz is going to do. Because she, like, never right. does anything weird. I bet she's just walking off because she's upset. Like, do you people never learn? Ever. 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 I, I want the unauthorized biography of
2: Pizzazz that explains why whenever she gets upset, like, her first instinct is to physically harm some people. Violence yeah, is because the first thing. That's instinct. the
1: only way she could get her dad to pay attention to her was to get in trouble. I want to know
2: what younger sibling sacrificed his or her life to his anger <laughs> about everything and not oh. having attention. I mean, I have to, because, like, it just, her first, like, every time. Like, I'm going to kick over this chair, remember the last time they were on Lindsay's show? She, she, she like set something on fire and she mm-hmm. smacked Lindsay in the face. It's just like, she does all these things. It's like, I'm like, ah, what's wrong with you? That's not okay.
0: I'm surprised neither of you mentioned how, uh, unlikely it is that anyone got wet in this scene. Like that hose goes out of control and they managed to, it was, um, like, Bob, Merritt, and Lindsay, I think, they they crawl under the table just in time. But that hose is, like, moving incredibly fast and just spraying water everywhere. you telling me they didn't get a drop of water on them?
2: Well, he got wet. I think it was, oh, like...
0: maybe. Like it looked, yeah, it looked like his his wig or whatever, his pear piece his, got yeah. slightly wet. But, I his mean, Trump, it's, his Trump it's silly.
2: But, yeah, like, he, <laughs> the, I think the animation sort of implied that he got wet. Yeah. Uh, but I think the the more egregious thing that happens is that because pizazz assaulted him he's like oh um but the misfits can be understudied i'm like all oh, right speaking
0: of the animation i thought the setup for this scene too if i felt like something was missing and i, I after the scene finished i realized that like as soon as the water starts spraying everywhere did you notice that nobody says anything there's like silence you see people crawling under the table but nobody nobody screams in this part right which makes no sense like they're not your initial, like, your instinctual reaction to, like, a fire hose suddenly going off, like, you're gonna be screaming.
2: Yeah. Like, there's, it's all messed up. Like, everything's really messed up, because, like, even Lindsay doesn't stand up for herself and be like, get off my set.
1: Well, yeah, I wondered why why the Misfits were even welcomed back after the last time. Like... Well, because Bob Merritt had to make this amazing
2: announcement, which, by the way, number one, why are people always like making announcements on Lindsay's show? I mean, is it really that well watched? Number two, maybe is- she's
0: like the she's like the equivalent of Arsenio Hall, maybe.
2: Maybe, uh, but number two, and this happens twice in this episode without any kind of explanation, and this is why we're gonna have to call up Mark Wolfman and be like, "Sir, you need to explain this." Broadway is in New York. Mm-hmm. Lindsay's show is in fake cartoon L.A. Diego. Mm. How did they get all the way? Because he was like, "I'll oh, announce on Lindsay's show tonight." That means that they all got on a plane, private jet, immediately, and then flew to fake San Angeles and did Lindsay's show. Why?
0: Well, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be that long of a flight, anyways, right between New York and L.A.
1: Oh no, it's only like five hours. No big deal.
0: Is it that long? Well, oh yeah. But if it was a private jet or a Concorde, I imagine they have the money for that. No, so. They didn't
1: have a Concorde,
2: though. Nobody, none of those people are flying around the Concorde. It's too expensive. And plus the Concorde, I think, doesn't go across the, the U.S. It only goes across the ocean. But even at that, like, it's a really long flight for them to just, like, up and do. And they just flew there. Like, just, it, it, there is no sense making.
0: I think the, the, the Misfits must have their own private jet. And on the, the, the front of the plane, it's Pizazz's face painted on it.
2: it's <laughs> <Howling> through birds. <laughs> With yes. her
0: mouth wide open. Right.
2: right. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, yeah. it could be once again, like because all the cities are the size of postage stamps, where you could just get anywhere by walking for five minutes. Maybe fake cartoon America is only like as wide as three states. Maybe that's
1: the the key. An hour on the plane, and you're good.
0: Well, Jim manages to avoid the water and crawl over to the fire hose and shut it off. Merritt admits to liking the misfits and their audition and allows them to be the understudy of the holograms after a bit of pressure from Pizzazz. Should anything happen to the holograms, the Misfits will be the stars of his musical. Now, what exactly d- does anyone think is really going to happen in this scenario? I mean, really?
2: Gem yeah, is going to die. This is just
0: like this, this, the dumbest setup because obviously we know Pizzazz is going to do something to sabotage them.
2: Of course. like this is, The minute he said that, because and the way that he says it is so ominous. He's like, right. if anything happens to Gem and the holograms, you become the stars and my immediate reaction was jim is gonna be dead by the end of this episode like that is <laughs> yeah
0: gonna hold, i'm gonna hold my freaking breath on the commercial break to see what happens like oh god this makes me so mad let's move on backstage at the show a man claiming to be from the obviously fake zillionaire sweepstakes what tries to hell? get uh, let me finish <laughs> 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 yes i know i know it's so stupid Backstage at the show, a man claiming to be from the obviously fake zillionaire sweepstakes tries to get Jim to sign her real name in order to collect the money now it looked at, I was wondering what was going through her like is she dumb enough to actually fall for it, but right before anything happens, uh she doesn't get the chance uh, to sign it, and she's interrupted by a gypsy. Oh my God! Mm. A gypsy named Mama Pama Bama. Mm-mm. Really? Mm-mm. I just—I was like scared. She goes skip. trying to hit. She's trying to hypnotize her with a crystal ball to tell mm. her to get her to tell her real name, and it's just like, oh, this is so terrible.
1: It's it, it, it and. <sighs> <Skip>. I can't. <laughs>
0: Mama pama bama
1: like like um I know the 80s was longer ago than I like to think but did they not realize that this was like really kind of icky like no 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 Still today, ah, the TV
2: and the movies don't realize that it's still kind of icky. Okay, yeah.
0: Is Jim? Re- I like. I know Jim is kind of a bit of an airhead, but do you think she's really that dumb to fall for the zillionaire suite? Like, you won a zillion dollars. Oh, That's no. not even an amount no. of money.
2: She wouldn't. She wouldn't have actually. Like, no, she wasn't about to fall for that. Like, she didn't even need that other lady to like come interrupt that dude. And first, and second of all. The check that he was about to give her literally had a picture of a clown on it. I think she would have figured it out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Going back to the the gypsy thing, too. I guess one thing I, we're re- rewatching while well, I'm rewatching Buffy and Angel. And I'd forgotten that a, a major plot point um, is that Angel... Uh, is a vampire, but he has his soul restored via a gypsy curse. Um, so, yeah, it's I mean, of course, that was 15 years ago now. So but yeah,
2: there are a lot of gypsies cursing a lot of people in TV and movies. And it's like, I feel like if they really had this power, they would use it to not have people persecute them everywhere. I'm
1: right. saying.
0: Aline, where, where are you going with that though are you saying are you alluding to that that's offensive to gypsy people or like yeah. Is it stereotypical yeah or... yeah
1: it's a, it's a highly offensive stereotype
0: sure yeah it just mm. Bob Merritt drops by and gives Jim a stern warning that she needs to get rid of the constant distractions or else she'll be replaced that again this guy is just whack like he is he's so the worst. temperamental he's, he's the just worst. so how does this guy like I guess we're led to believe he has had some level of success and it's only like recently started to go downhill because he's panicking at the beginning of this episode. Like he's looking desperately for something to sort of revive his career. But like, how has this guy ever managed to produce anything?
1: I do not right?
2: know. I, I don't know either. It's, especially since, you know, he's running around, he's yelling at his stars. How is it their fault that random people are inside the theater? Isn't it? Security well, and second is of all, isn't
0: there any security? How did they right. get in and backstage? How did they get backstage?
2: Right. Security is his job. Like, he's the one who has to deal with that. I don't know why he's yelling at Jim, but I think it might be because he's terrible and the worst.
0: Yeah, it's... Mm. Jerrica heads her- to her hotel and calls on Synergy for advice. Jerrica asks Synergy whether or not she should reveal her true identity to the public. But Synergy advises against it. In the wrong hands, Synergy's holograms could be used for evil. Innocent people could be hurt. And she should not reveal that Jem slash are one and the same person.
1: Mm, evil. Evil. <sighs> and, uh, synergy. And again, all of this could be solved with a pink wig and a pink dress with a little <sighs> apron fringed thingy on it. And it would be Fine.
0: Designed by Shayna.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. Fringe friends by Shayna. I
0: just... Well, Rio shows up at the hotel room, but before Rio gets a chance to explain his reason for seeing her, she immediately jumps to the, in my opinion, the erroneous conclusion that he's spying on her for the purpose of revealing Jem's true identity.
2: Wait a minute. Why do you feel like it's erroneous? He was, he was in... Her room, look it through her stuff. Now, I mean, I would have thought that Jim and Jared, or that. Jerica and Rio might be sharing a bedroom because aren't they sleeping together? But you know, this is the cartoon, okay. so maybe they're not.
0: You said he was looking through her stuff because I didn't even notice that. Yeah,
2: he was totally looking at her stuff. Like he walks in the room and he like opens a drawer and some stuff.
0: That makes sense. I'll correct my notes then because that's totally wrong.
2: Right. So he's.
0: I th- I thought he just. I thought I remember him walking in and then just like she stops him. He's like, "You're spying on me."
2: No, he's he starts looking through stuff. Like she catches him pretty early, but she starts.
0: Okay, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Okay, so that's warranted.
1: And and I like it because she's like, get out. And, I, and Justin's like, oh, good. He's so creepy. I can't wait for him to go away. And I don't have the heart to tell him that Rio doesn't like actually ever really go
2: away. <laughs> it's no, he's like a cancer. But it was it was a glory. No, it, it's true, He is terrible. But like, it was a glorious moment because like Jerica starts to cry. Like she has this like super emotional reaction. She's like, Jerika, it's just too <gasps> You just don't care about you. Get up! I thought I loved you! Get up! <laughs> and I was like, oh God, it's amazing. It's so amazing. And I was like, oh, the battle's wild! i the wild! Oh, the,
0: the audio started to get really bad there. Are you still there, Tempest?
2: okay how about now yeah you're back awesome so, i don't know what
0: the hell happened. when you started screaming I, I i thought you just broke the mic <laughs>
2: <laughs> well that could happen it's a thing that could happen anyway i don't even remember what i was screaming about so you have to tell me
1: i was gonna say it was jerica's reaction to rio rifling through her stuff
2: oh okay so yeah so jerica like you know she gets so emotional like she starts to cry there are these little animated tears eyes. she's like Oh, I see. Yuri gets this too. Yuri's caring about learning Jem's secret. I thought I looked. Jenna! Jenna! And I was like, yay! She threw him out. If only it would last. Oh my yep. God. That's it what we did beautiful. too. It was a
0: beautiful moment. Backstage at Broadway Magic, Bob Merritt asks where the star of the show is. Rio says that both Jem and Jerrica are gone and it's his fault. So Rio and the holograms decide to go after Jem and Jerrica in Central Park. Rio bumps into Jerrica at Central Park, where she confronts him about the reason why he was spying on her. Rio tells her that he thought things would be better if he knew the truth about Jem, if it came directly from Jerrica. And here we get a moment of clarity when Rio says the entire situation makes no sense unless Jerrica and Jim are the same person. Wow. Good job, Rio. <laughs> I thought that Jerica at this moment had the perfect opportunity to tell Rio the truth. And it could have put an end to all of the tension in their love triangle. But instead, she calls on synergy to generate a hologram of Gem in the park to prove that they're different people. Oh, I have so many problems with this, not only because she's choosing to lie again, but on top of that, how does she say showtime synergy right in front of Rio without him noticing? Right. He's like, second of all, right, he's a hologram. <laughs> yeah, and second of all, a hologram just materialized out of thin air in a public park how would no one notice that?
2: It's true. <sighs> there are a lot of things that don't make a lot of sense about that moment, but I kind of feel like the reason you could reason that Jerrica didn't tell him that she was at that moment when he says that is because he's already proved that he, she, he can't be trusted. She still doesn't trust him. She doesn't trust him. And so why mm-hmm. would she even let that out to a guy that she doesn't trust? Who's a sneaky sneakerson going through her stuff. I mean, I wouldn't tell some guy I didn't trust my greatest secret, even if it That's was That's true. Everything.
0: He went about it the wrong way, right? I mean, because he, he shouldn't have just started rifling through things. He sh- should have just talked to her directly.
2: Yes, he should have. But this is but- and and, per-
0: and perhaps maybe she would have actually told him had she had he just been upfront with her. I
2: mean, this is their entire relationship. What's wrong with it right here is the fact that he's like, I'm gonna sneak around and and look for things and then be like, well, I just thought it would be better if I knew. Well, did you ask? No, because you're the worst. And now,
0: yeah, they're. I mean, they're both really at fault. That, and like you said, I mean, this is the reason why they have so many problems. The two of them are really just incapable of being straightforward and honest with each other, right? So, yeah, I mean, it takes two to to tangle, right?
1: I think it's a good representation of a young relationship, though, like, by which I mean a relationship between really not mature people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They're certainly immature, for sure.
1: Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Rio is really
2: too stupid to even be trusted with the secret because it, yeah. Jerrica turns away and is like, Showtime, Sergi! And he's like, Why were you just talking to your earring? And then Jem materializes out of thin air, and Jerrica's like, Were you saying Rio? And Rio should have been like, "Um, So it's just a coincidence here, then, that I just accused you of being Jem, and then Jem appeared out of nowhere and ran off? No, I'm not satisfied, and we need to have a talk about what just happened here. But it says he's like, Oh, I guess I was wrong. I'm like, Oh my God.
0: Maybe he was just distracted. He's like so mesmerized by Jerrica or, or slash Jim.
2: Oh, I know that so even Lois Lane wasn't that stupid.
0: <laughs> They're both pretty dumb. Meanwhile, the misfits are brainstorming on how they can prevent Jim from showing up at the musical. And I just like this little interchange between uh, the the bandmates. But Roxy says, "I don't know where Jim and her bean poles went, but they'll be back." Bean poles. Hmm really
2: look it's it's such an insult it's such an insult
0: well pizzazz says we got to make sure that she doesn't show up at tonight's show and roxy says wait a minute jim cares for rio huh let's see how much she cares Pizzazz says, start typing, Stormer. And Stormer says, type what? And this is the best, because Pizzazz says, my darling Jen, I'm so sorry (laughs) for everything I said. I want to tell you how much I care for you. Let's meet at the Crown Statue of Liberty. I love you, Rio.
2: Yeah. That letter was so masterfully written. I don't even know how to deal with it, especially since Jen was dumb enough to be like, Rio clearly wrote this. No! Right. No! Also, I don't care if she, if she really actually thought that Rio wrote it. I don't care. Because she has a show to do that night. Her butt should have been in that theater. I don't care how upset nice. she is about people trying to get $100,000 and Rio going through her stuff and whispering into her earring at the inappropriate time. <laughs> she should have been there. She's really unprofessional in this episode, and I'm kind of on uh, producer Bob's side a little bit about her because there was no reason why she sh- she wasn't there.
0: Yeah, and I'm on Eric's side when he's actually said earlier on the episode that the Misfits were clearly more professional.
2: Yeah, because you know, I just what are you doing? Watching the Statue of Liberty at five o'clock when your show starts at like six? Get get out!
0: And naturally, of course, Jim falls for the bait. And of course, Pizzazz locks her in the crown of the Statue of Liberty, causing Jem to miss her boat ride. Now, Jem begins to panic, and when she sees some workers below who might be able to help her, she hurdles one of the Star earrings, which, by the way, seems like an unusually long distance. Mm-hmm. She, she throws, throws them from the top out of the, the Statue window. of Liberty. No, mm-hmm.
2: that's not, no, that's far. It's really far. And they land
0: perfectly next to the workers. Like, okay... Anyway... Synergy creates a hologram of Jem and asks them for help, and the hologram runs into the Statue of Liberty, and of course the two workers chase after Jem, when they remember the $100,000 reward for revealing Jem's true identity. Confused at finding Jem, the real one, locked in the crown, she asks them for a ride in their boat back to Manhattan. She promises to reveal her secret in exchange for the boat ride. But one of the workers pushes his colleague overboard. Now, this is my favorite part. I think in this entire episode. My God,
2: it's so creepy, though. When,
0: I know, I know. When the boat arrives at the pier, Jim pulls one of the creepiest holographic illusions we've ever seen. She pulls off her face, revealing a copy of the worker's own face, and she says, "So, what are you gonna do with all the loot?" And the worker <laughs> freaks out, yelling, "She's she's me. She looks like me." And, she, and he falls into the ocean.
1: That was so creepy.
0: At least Jem tosses him a life preserver,
2: though.
1: But this oh, yeah, is finally, finally an acceptable use for the hologram, in my opinion. You know, like... That's true. Every, almost everything else to date, like, especially the big crises, which are like, oh my gosh satellites you know like <laughs> all of that stuff can be avoided by practical goods which we have already discussed but this is actually like a really creepy thing and i bet it scared that guy straight like but you yeah, know it would have scared anyone any, ever that, again yeah mm-hmm. that
0: would have scared
2: me and and let me tell you that guy was so creepy and rapey he's like yeah he's worth a fortune get her and then he like shoves his friend out of the bus. he's like all right lady give me what i want and i'm like oh my god he yeah. is not okay. So, yeah, he no. deserved all that. He deserved it all.
0: Jem flags down a taxi and requests heading to 53rd and Broadway, which miraculously, the taxi cab driver seems to be the same redhead who drove her previously. What are the odds of that?
2: I'll tell you uh, what the odds are, because the one woman cab driver I've ever seen in New York City, I've been in her cab twice. Oh. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. this so is weird. Entirely because, plausible. Right. Because I was like, wait a minute. and and. It's, only because she was a woman driver that I even recognized her. Like there are probably maybe one or two other cab drivers that I've I've been in their cab more than one time because they're, they're always in the same area and I would always be getting in the cab in the same area. But, oh, man, that was really messed up that day that, that happened to me. So this is totally plausible in my book.
0: Let's not forget that Jem is late here for the performance. And just when we think that she's out of danger, a parade blocks the taxi from getting through. Uh, it's just yet another dumb thing.
2: Right. Like, you don't with even little need a parade. It's New York yeah. City.
0: N- no kidding. It could just be gridlock, right? Like, you know, just uh, rush hour traffic. And that would have been fine. Why, why did they have to have a parade? I mean, it's so absurd. Everything about this episode is... Th- Completely unreasonable.
1: I'm looking for a pencil so I could just poke out my eye. Yeah. Well,
0: it gets worse. It gets worse. With little time to spare. With little time to spare, Jem leaps from the cab and borrows a skateboard from some kids and promises to give them them tickets for her show. How? First of all, when did Jem learn how to expertly skateboard? And two, how is she going to get them tickets for the show when she doesn't even know them? She didn't take their name or phone number down.
2: Whatever. How? It doesn't matter. The how of that doesn't matter. What matters is, is that Jem is a, like a, a game an ex games expert skateboarder in heels right. in giant right. heels.
0: Yeah, well we'll get to that because making her way towards the subway, we see Jem skate down a long flight of stairs and then leap over turnstiles, which is beyond ridiculous because she's wearing high heels. What? That doesn't make any sense.
1: Like, I mean down the stairs. I don't know. And on
0: top of that, just as the subway is about to pull away, like she manages to make it, right? So like it just it's just one thing after another and it's a, it's so it's so insane. Things get even more preposterous as Jim runs by a hang glider convention sign. No, just first of all, ugh. hang glider conventions. Oh, when, right? how, no. when, when is that a thing? And no.
1: why is this in another episode? We just right. had the highly unusual hang glider. Just like, like two episodes ago, per-
0: everything is being lined up. Just like everything happens so perfectly. Like not only is there a hang glider convention, but. There's an elevator to the rooftop, which of course the only way that you can hand glide is you'd have to get some kind of you know you need neat- some elevation you need you can't just you have to jump off a high building in order to get some air so she heads up the elevator to the observation deck all while being chased by people trying to desperately figure out who she is and she grabs the hand glider from a man on the rooftop even though he asks her you know do you have any experience how to do it of course she says no she leaps off the rooftop anyway and hand glides perfectly and lands, to the, uh, lands on the theater rooftop, not only unharmed, but use, uses synergy to quickly change into her Broadway magic outfit.
1: With perfect but, hair and makeup.
2: With perfect hair and makeup. But also, it just uh, the whole thing where she just hang glides right up to the roof. First of all, why is there a skylight? But We don't talk about that because they had to see Jem coming somehow. But just, no. Like, there are so many no things. Like, Zaz is upset. She's like, how'd she change that fast? Like, Pizazz, you should be thinking, why did Jim just show up on a hang glider? (laughs) And the other thing is, like, the, you know, producer Bob is like, in one minute, this becomes a misfit show. He's, like, super worried about time. I'm like, you're a Broadway producer. You know that curtain doesn't ever go up exactly on time. Like, especially when he ushers Jim. He's like, you've got 10 seconds. I was like, I think that you could give her time to pee because it's the theater. Sir.
1: Yeah, but pizzazz was probably just like, "Oh, she has a hang glider. Where's her laser?" and didn't think about any more than that. <laughs> True.
0: All right. So after Jem miraculously lands perfectly on the uh, the rooftop of the theater, we cut to the Jem and the Holograms music video called Broadway Magic, which is the final song in this episode. What do the two of you think of the song in the video?
1: It doesn't make sense. No, it does not. This Broadway
2: show does it's not the, look the worst. Right, it's like what, what, what was this Broadway show before Jeb and the holograms were in it? Because all I see is ladies dressed up as sexy magicians <laughs> dancing around. You know, like that's all yeah. it seems to be. Like there's no plot to this thing. There's no. like, It's just. It looks like a Vegas show. Yeah,
0: I, I, I don't like the lyrics in the song. I, I find them annoying. I was so like the, the, the toe tapping, thigh slapping Broadway. Magic, really. <laughs>
1: Or a hoedown, you know, whatever. But the other thing, too, is I did not think it was well animated. So it has, like, Jen, like, doing choreography, you know, and, like, dancing and wiggling and stuff. And I was just like, this looks weird. Like, it it looks like she has a medical problem.
2: (laughs) No, it it really does. I remember as a kid trying to replicate the thing that she does with her arms and her elbows. And I was like, that is not actually a move that works with anatomy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's just... Well, remember, this is not the first time that, like, something like this doesn't make sense. Because we've had, like... You remember when the whole Gem movie thing was happening? You know, there was, like, swashbucklers and all these random things happening. And it made, like... it, It wasn't, like, this cohesive thing. It was just, like, random scenes of things happening and it doesn't it's like what movie is this
1: i kind of blamed that on on pizzazz well no no even before pizzazz like showed
2: up like that movie still had like a lot of random stuff in it. that's true and then it's i mean i feel like it's the same with every time they sort of do a thing that isn't just like making albums and making music videos where it's just like what is what is this what even is this how is this a thing a house is a property that you're gonna like like the, the rock fashion book was like you really gonna let this guy take pictures of you he's an idiot
1: yeah it's very odd it's like the writers were like going home and pulling their three-year-old children about how like so honey tell me if you were gonna make a movie what would happen and and they were like well there'd be pirates and and <laughs> peasants dresses and stuff and i don't know
0: it's writer not singular not writers plural i mean it's but marv i'm saying Wolfman. the show
1: the series has had several writers. see i think
0: this uh i know the show was written by marv Wolfman, but uh, I, I think this uh it's, it's it's very clear and evident to me that this episode suffers from a severe case of lycanthropy
1: <laughs> yes
0: Rimshot. <laughs> So we wrap this episode with not only a successful performance of Merritt's Broadway magic musical, but a little heart to heart with Jerrica and Rio. Rio tells Jerica, Jerrica, I wanted to tell you, it doesn't matter to me who Jem is. You're what's important.
2: Also, also Jem, right? Like That's it's, very true. in the context of this poly relationship, what even is this? Like, shut up, Rio. Like, I just wanted him to go away. I was like,
1: Get out. Yep. Get out. Go back yep.
0: to It's not even a poly relationship because they they don't they don't know
1: about each other, right? Like no, this they this. as far as Rio Well, as far as Rio's concerned. No, so as far
2: as Rio's concerned, they do know each other. How could they not? This Gem is her employee as far as Rio is concerned.
0: No, no, but what I mean like a, I don't know, maybe I'm not an expert on poly relationships, but I thought I like I I have I have friends who are Polly and I usually they like kind of consult each other on who they're seeing but well they did not they thing? did
2: like Rio did Rio said to Jerica, like I can't with Jem because I can't and she's like no you have to and so like they have to know like this is the whole thing this is what is like super annoying about people being like but Rio is cheating on Jericho Jem no it, like it's not happening because they literally can't know about not know about each other like even if Jem and Jericho were two separate people. There is no way in the context of the fact that like Jem lives in the same house as Jerika. Jem is technically Jerika's employee. Jerika is always running around the same places as Jem. Like there's no way they wouldn't know that Rio is dating both of them. And Rio complains about each of them to the other one all the time. So it's I, like.
1: I think the thing for me is that Rio clearly has doubt like he's vocalized doubt. And I think that's where my frustration comes from is it's like, because like it's a children's cartoon in the eighties. So clearly he can only technically be with one of them, right? Like because societal norms in the eighties. And so Rio (laughs) is like clearly struggling with this whole thing. And I think that's, that's what it is for me is it's like Rio doesn't know what's going on. Jericho slash Jim <laughs> doesn't know what's going on. Like, you know, and, and they're they're constantly there's this constant conflict because they can't communicate about anything ever, ever. And I think that's where. Yes, yeah that's where I'm like, well, is it a poly relationship? And when you tell me and you explain how it is, I'm like, yeah, no, you're totally right. But I think because Rio has so much doubt about what he's doing that I go back to, well, is it really? And then you're like, yeah, no, seriously, it is. (laughs) You tell me again. I'm like, no, you're totally right. (laughs) But you know, I think it's, it's,
2: I think it's because it's really inconsistent, at least so far from episode to episode, what is going on? Because, you yeah. know, like like with the last episode with the rock fashion book where Rio pretends to save Jem from the horrible killer rail with really it's a dolphin. But, you know, he runs over and she tries to kiss him and he's like, uh, Jerrica. And I'm like, yeah. but we've already gotten past this. We've already done this already. So I think that part of it is because just the writers are being really inconsistent yeah. with how they're even dealing with like Rio's relationship with all three of them. Because once again, like, When we were skiing, Rio was super upset that there was some guy macking on his woman, you know, and it's like, no, Leo. (laughs) And even Sven calls it. He's like, well, you have two girlfriends. And so everybody's like, yeah, Rio's got two girlfriends. Like, this is how it is. You know, what would have been amazing is Sven had like come busting through the hotel window. The minute Jericho was like, get out. He was like. I'll company Jericho. And then he would have been our boyfriend forever. It was amazing.
0: Sven should totally like just randomly burst through the wall like the Kool-Aid man.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You notice how every episode now it's like, you know what would have been better? Svenson would have been better. Like every episode we're doing this now. It's
0: Oh, can you imagine Svenson trying to sing in like his broken oh English accent <laughs> on a musical? Like- oh
1: my god. That's <laughs> that, that swoofy brown or swoofy blonde hair as Jim singing longingly about getting her crap together and yeah. I I would have liked it much better than Rio's. I like him better. I think he's a nicer person than Rio.
0: Rio's awful. Lindsay also interviews Jem because everybody wants to know her big secret. But Jem says there's never been a big secret. She just wants to keep her private life private. What really matters, Jem's real name or the songs that she sings?
1: Depends upon the song. Yeah.
0: Did either of you have any closing comments on this episode before we move on to the next segment?
1: I'm so glad it's over. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Also, what seems to be over is
2: Eric Raymond's offer of $100,000 to anybody who figured out Jeb's real name. So but yeah, people forgot about that real quick. And they were like, we like your music. Shut up. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and, and once again, they have transported themselves from Broadway to fake L.A. just like, like it's nothing because they literally like <laughs> right after they just went and so i just They
0: have synergy has a, a, a transport i was
1: well. just gonna I say they so. have transporter technology how did we not figure that out before now that must be what it is because uh. Western, none of this make no sense
0: all right well there's some trivia for this episode so let's just get into it Starting with, uh, when Eric Raymond televises his offer, one of the televisions in the store window show decomposed from the show Inhumanoids, which along with Gem, were produced by Sumbo Productions. I've never seen Inhumanoids I've either. Actually, I've never even heard I of it. I was
1: just going to say. I've heard it. of it, I think,
2: maybe, but no, I've never seen it.
0: Notice as Eric Raymond is giving his reward speech that there is an album of Cats, the musical on the wall beside the reporters. Didn't catch that. Yeah, me neither. The writer of this episode, Marv Wolfman, who is also the comic book writer behind the new Teen Titans, actually included a mention of Jem referring to this episode in an issue of the comic. One of the stories includes a theater in the background that reads Broadway Magic starring Jerrica Benton, apparently a joke on the fact that Jem really is Jerrica Benton.
1: Oh yay. <laughs> this wasn't That's like kind of the flirted. only thing this person ever wrote.
0: I know, I've never even heard of him, but apparently he's written some Teen Titans comics.
1: All right. So I'm sure he's better at plotting now.
0: I mean, it's yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know you, you get you get better over time. He's probably really young when he wrote that episode, and not to also mention that like you know he he may not have watched any previous episodes. I don't know. This is this. These are obviously just assumptions I'm making that may be completely inaccurate. And you know what? Even the best writers sometimes pump out garbage. So, you never know.
1: I think the problem is there isn't cohesiveness. It kind of sounds like they had a vague idea of what they wanted Jim and the Holograms to be. And they sent, like, this really vague outline to potential writers. And they were like, this is kind of what it's going to be. Go ahead and write whatever you want. And it, it doesn't fit together. And there isn't, like consistent character development, and I mean...
0: So it might not even be his 100% his fault either. That's kind of like, what I'm wondering. Very little information. Now, Tempest, didn't you mention on previous episodes that there was, uh, that Christine Marks wrote some kind of gem bible? Or is that something that you just thought she did? No,
2: no, no, she she did, and it's, um, it was included as an extra on, I think, the first set of DVDs that they put out. I don't know if it was included on the second, because I don't have them.
0: So that makes me wonder, why, why weren't the writers given to this? Because this show had a lot of guest writers on.
2: Right, well I th- once again, I really feel like that Bible may have not been completely developed at the very beginning of the show, but it was developed as they wrote episodes, because even- some of the stuff in the Bible, even Christy Marks herself violated, so I think that, you know, as they went on or as they were like, oh, we're getting more people you know, we need, or maybe as they were like this is really inconsistent, perhaps we should have a Bible so that we can make this consistent and not be silly uh, so that it may have come along or developed like during this first season.
0: So the last thing I wanted to mention was this is actually one of two episodes that's centered around Finding Jem's true identity. The other one is The Fan in season two and both episodes use the Misfit song Who Is She Anyway?
2: Yeah, and actually The Fan is a much more hilarious episode. Um, I can't wait we get to that one because that one actually is a lot of fun.
0: Aline, I think you know what time it is. Mm-hmm. It is time for you to prove if you're a Cylon or not.
1: I'm still having computer problems, so I still kind of feel like that—that that is proof.
0: Okay. I feel like that's proof. All right. And uh, I, I hear you do work on the interwebs. <laughs> is it available for for? Uh,
1: I live on the, the interwebs. Um, what what do, what do you do? What do I do? Yeah. Uh. I work for a software development company. Yeah. Is that going nicely? <laughs> yeah, it's a good company. Um, yeah. And I also have a podcast called Less Than or Equal, where I talk to cool people about their geeky projects. And um, that's at less than or equal.com.
0: And is there anything else you'd like to plug?
1: Oh, I have a Twitter account. It's Twitter.com slash Aline and a Patreon at patreon.com slash Aline. And it's
0: A-L-E-E-N. And Tempest. What's proof? Do you have this week?
2: Well, I don't think that a Cylon would be able to grab a skateboard and go zooming through New York City and like go down some subway stairs and leap over a turnstile and like skate right into an open subway door in heels. And I can do that. So, okay, uh, is there video evidence?
0: It's impressive.
2: There is. I'm wearing this pink wig, so it's kind of (laughs) hard to tell that it's me, Uh but. Gotcha. Yeah,
1: there's totally a video of that. That's amazing. I know. I'm right? in awe. I'm in awe.
0: And uh, is there anything that you want to plug this week? Where can people find you on the uh, the interwebs?
2: You can find me on Twitter uh, at Tiny Tempest. Or you can find me on my website, ktempestbradford.com. Um, or you can even find me on Tumblr, even though I'm not tumbling a whole heck of a lot right now. But you can find me there, and my Tumblr is ktempest so and you can also if you are on Twitter and you're around on Monday evenings at around 5pm pacific 8pm eastern time I do a gem rewatch with hashtag gem rewatch and I watch episodes in preparation for doing this podcast and so you can see some of my hilarious reactions to things going on. Screenshots of arty pictures of gem mops of <laughs> punching bats like Chuck <laughs> Norris. These are That's the things. amazing. You can
0: find. We're going to be doing episode 17, which is called In Search of the Stolen Album, which is written by Rick Merwin. And I'm kind of excited about this episode because I completely forgot that up until this point, Jim and the Holograms, if you can believe it, have not even released a single album.
2: They have been oh, busy. Um,
0: wow, I have some like thoughts on that. Saving this.
2: ski resorts. And going to hoedowns in Texas. <laughs> Mackinac-Svinson. Al- mackinac It Makes, you, it makes you
0: wonder how, how they amassed this kind of popularity in the 80s without social media, without, this is pre-internet, without any music.
2: Being but I feel publicly. like this, it used to be more of a thing for people to just release a bunch of singles that weren't necessarily attached to an album.
0: Sure. Ah, uh, okay, that makes you're right. You're absolutely right. They could have released like an even an E P or something.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. But like now they have an album. And I love this episode. I love that episode. So we'll talk about that next week. But I actually like there's so many things I like about it. It's a crack cracky episode, but
0: love. Well until next week. If you have a moment, please do take uh, some time and rate us on iTunes. We would really appreciate that. Uh, You can also follow us on Twitter at Gem Podcast, which I don't actually plug very often. I think I've only done it once or twice. So anyways, at Gem Podcast for show updates and news. And you can also uh, send us uh, some feedback via our contact form by going to gemcast.tv forward slash contact. And if you feel so inclined want to show your awesome support for the show, you can donate to us by going to gemcast.tv forward slash donate. We have a few predefined donation tiers, which will go towards improving our audio software and hardware gear. And uh, there's also another option if you just want to donate any amount you feel comfortable with. A buck or two would be very much appreciated. Until next week, bye for now.